0: Good to see you again today. Thank you for having me in youth worship. I'm happy to be with you here. My name is Aaron, and the title of our sermon today is Who is Jesus? Salvation and Judgment by the Son of God. And before we get started, I want to ask you a question. The question is... Who are you? Who are you really? What's your true identity? I don't know. These are important questions. They're big questions. And I think they have big implications for how we live our life. For me, I like to define myself By what I do. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I'm an athlete. I'm a student. I'm an influencer. The problem by defining myself by what I do is that it's unstable. These are all situations circumstances that I can change. Not only that, there's a bigger problem. The bigger problem is that I might fail in my endeavors. My dreams might not ever be realized. This leads to a lack of stability like what I said, and it gives me a loss of a sense of purpose in this world. So instead of defining my identity by what I do, I think there's a better way. I think that there's a better way to define ourselves, and there's a better way to discover who I really am. If you'll hear me today, it begins by looking at Jesus. And he will show us who we really truly are. Our passage today is John eight, 12 to three. I know you read it already in your bulletin, but I do want you to take out your Bibles if you have them. And I want you to take out a notebook so you can take notes or just you can take notes on your handout. This is our context. Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. This was a festival to remember God's faithfulness during Israel's wilderness wanderings. Jesus is speaking with the Jews, and he's revealing his identity. He's doing it in a very specific way, making it clear for those who have ears to hear, meaning those who really want to see him for who he is. And this is the question that's driving our entire passage today. Who is Jesus? Who is he really? What's his true identity? There are so many references to the Old Testament in our passage. These are Old Testament references that the Jews would know and understand. Jesus is almost toying with them at this point in our passage. dangling so many clues in front of them, yet they refuse to put them together. And the point is that they can't. They can't do it. They're unable to do it. They don't want to do it, and they don't want to believe it. They are blinded by their unbelief. My goal today is to help you clearly see three big clues to Jesus' true identity And when we see him for who he is, it will lead you to worship. This is our first point, I want you to write this down. Jesus is the light of the world. This is our first point, I want you to write it down. Jesus is the light of the world. I'm gonna read you this passage and I want you to see what I'm seeing here. Again, Jesus spoke to them, meaning he's speaking to the Jews, to the Pharisees, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the first clue to Jesus' true identity is that he is the light of the world. We think of light in broad terms, such as goodness, life, or hope. But it would have meant something very specific to the Jews that Jesus was speaking to. They would have known what he was talking about, and and this is how they would have known. The Jews know their Bible. They're very familiar with the Old Testament. They would have caught these clues, these references that Jesus was mentioning. So I'm gonna show them to you here. You can see them on the screen. You don't have to turn to them, but read along with me. This is from Isaiah 42.6. It says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. And this one is from Isaiah 49.6. It says, he says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. these passages from Isaiah would have come into the minds of the Pharisees, especially during this Feast of Tabernacles. In these two passages, it's clear that life and light refers to bringing the knowledge of God to the world, to the nations, it's a light that liberates from darkness it's a light that opens blind eyes to see salvation reach to the ends of the earth Jesus said that there is no other light that can do this he is the only exclusive saving light do you see Jesus as your Savior Or do you look at the things of this world to save you? Do you think that money will make you happy? Do you think fame and popularity will bring you peace? Will the American dream give you freedom? Do you seek approval from certain people? Do you want to be noticed or recognized by that special someone? Do you place your hope in technology, government, or social justice? Only Jesus will save and satisfy your soul. He calls you now to turn to him, to open your eyes, to see, and to be free. Our first clue to who Jesus is, is that he is the light of the world, bringing the truth knowledge of God to the nations. This angered the self-righteous Pharisees. They tried to discredit Jesus. Let's see what happens next. Our second point, write this down, is that Jesus is sent from God, his Father. This is our second point. Write it down. Jesus is sent from God, his Father. The Pharisees say that Jesus has no proof for such an outrageous claim that God could be his father. You can't just say these things about yourself. Someone must testify it. Someone needs to be a witness to it. Someone needs to verify it. And so let's let's read our passage, and I want you to see how Jesus answers these self-righteous Pharisees. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. And they said to him, therefore, where is your Father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. The second clue to Jesus' true identity is that he is sent from God his father. Jesus is referencing how in the Old Testament God is referred to as the father of Israel. I need you to see this. The Pharisees don't see this, but I need you to see this. Look at these two passages here. It's very clear. You are our father. This is Isaiah 63, 16-17. Through Abraham... Though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O oh Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from old is your name. And this next verse is from Isaiah 64, eight to nine. O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O oh Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Jesus says, That if the Pharisees really knew who he was, then they would see for themselves that he is speaking the truth. If they are really going to need another witness, then Jesus' father bears witness about him. But since the Pharisees don't know Jesus, and they don't know who his father is, then they will never be able to see him for who he is as the light of the Lord. interesting that Jesus talks about having true testimony and true judgment. Look look, look right here. Jesus says, yeah, his testimony is true and he says that his judgment is true. He says that the Pharisees judge according to the flesh. They judge according to superficial standards. They know nothing about Jesus and the heavenly realm. Case in point, they can't see on a spiritual level that Jesus is talking about God being his father. Jesus doesn't judge with superficial standards. Jesus sees into the spiritual sphere something that the Jews are unable to do because their unbelief. Jesus is saying, "I am the light of the world. You do not follow me. You walk in darkness. You do not have the light of life." and And see what the text says next here. Look at this. It says, "Those words he spoke in the treasury, as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him, because his hour had not yet come." This, th- these verses about the treasury. It seemed like a random insertion, but it really serves to push, push forward the point. It pushes forward the point of Jesus being the light of the world. In this specific area of the treasury, there are these massive candelabras, these huge candles. They were raised up on pillars. And when they were lit up, fire and smoke would fill the temple. You would be able to see it. Cities um, away. And this would point to the fire and the lighted cloud that led Israel during their wilderness wanderings. And Jesus is saying that He is a light, He is salvation, not just for Israel, but for the world, for the nations. To focus on the fact that Jesus is sent from the Father, we see that no one arrested Him. And we talk about his hour, See that his hour had not yet come. We're not talking about chronological time, but we're talking about appointed time. The Father, God, he said, no, not yet. No one's going to arrest you. Now is not the time. The Father was looking out for his son, was taking care of him, He was organizing and orchestrating everything for the right moment. Jesus trusted God the Father with his life, and he did not live in fear. He was free to do what the Father wanted. He lived his life with spiritual understanding and sensitivity. He lived on a spiritual level. Are you able to discern things on this deeper, spiritual level? Can you see the world through spiritual eyes? Those who merely see the world with physical flesh, they're unable to see where God the Father fits in. They're unable to see the sovereign hand behind our situations. And our circumstances. For example, God has placed you in certain families, with certain friends, for a specific reason. Do you reach out to Him? Do you reach out to your friends and family? Are you able to see why God places you in these situations? Here's another example. Where you apply, and where you are accepted to college, God is sovereignly ordaining that. Will you trust him no matter the outcome? And so your family, your friends, your future, all are sovereignly ordained by God. In times of peace and in times of war, God's hand behind it all. He governs it. Look for the Lord in your life. Prayerfully consider how he is in control and acknowledge his presence. Trust the Father with your life and do not live in fear. You will be free to do what God wants. The second clue to Jesus' true identity is that he is sent from God his Father bearing true testimony and true judgment from above. Things are starting to get serious. Jesus starts being forceful with the Pharisees. He doubles down on his claims. He draws dividing lines. He says, because you don't know me or my father, this is going to be detrimental for you. This is going to be and mean death. So our third point. For today, our third true clue to Jesus' identity is that Jesus is the lifted-up Son of Man. Write that down. Jesus is the lifted-up Son of Man. He lays it out in this way. So he said to them again, i am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin where i am going you cannot come so the jews said will he kill himself since he says where i am going you cannot come he said to them you are from below i am from above you are of this world i am not of this world i told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Jesus speaks about sin and death, and he brings them back to thinking about judgment and his claim about being the light of the world, not walking in darkness, but having the light of life. And I want you to look and I want you to see how many times Jesus uses this phrase, I am, aligning himself with God, being the great I am. He's starting to get explicit, his clues, they get more clear, but the Pharisees remain blind in their unbelief. They can't see, they don't understand. The passage continues, they said to him, Who are you? Jesus says to them. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. You see, they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. Here, we see the Pharisees being as direct as possible. They ask Him, Who are you? And Jesus says he's been telling them the same truth from the beginning. But they still don't understand that when Jesus talks about his Father, he means God. So Jesus makes a third and final Old Testament reference, giving them a third and final clue, using the language of lifting up the Son of Man. And this is a call back to John, chapter 3, verse 14 which is itself a reference to Numbers nine, And I'm going to show this to you so it's very clear. John 3.14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And this is Numbers nine. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it up on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and he would live. Okay, so listen, listen to me. The Pharisees, they know this reference, they know what Jesus is talking about. Jesus compares himself to this bronze serpent. Okay? It's made by Moses in the Old Testament. And again. When the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, God sent snakes to punish them for their grumbling. But God also provided a way of escape. Moses, he made a bronze serpent, and he put it on a pole, and if you were bit, if you were bit by these poisonous snakes, all you would have to do is look at the bronze serpent, believe, and live. This is a picture of the cross and the promise of salvation. Are you dying in your sins? Sin is a poison. All of us have been bit by the snake of sin, yet some of us refuse. You refuse to look at the bronze serpent and live. Repentance begins by turning away from our sin. Begins by looking to Jesus. Even what we consider to be small sins like selfishness, jealousy, pride, anger, lust. Even these small sins, they will kill you. Poison will permeate your veins. Satan, he means to kill you. He means to murder you. And I'm begging you, I'm telling you right now, that there's a way of escape. But you must want it. You must want to live. True Christians, listen, listen to me. True Christians will turn away from all of their sins they will look to Jesus. They will look to Christ to save them. This is our third and final clue to Jesus' true identity. Jesus is the lifted up Son of Man, bringing salvation to those who want to look and live. So, what do we do with all these clues? What do they show us? Our first clue to Jesus' true identity is that he is the light of the world, bringing the truth and knowledge of God to the nations. Our second clue is that Jesus is sent from God, his Father, bearing true testimony and true judgment from above. And our third clue is that Jesus is the lifted up son of man, bringing salvation to those who want to look and live. Well, what do we see here? Okay, Let me explain this to you. While talking to the Jews, Jesus related his clues to the nation of Israel, okay? Israel was supposed to bring the truth and knowledge of God to the nations. They were supposed to bear true testimony and true judgment to the world from the Father. They were supposed to make a way of salvation. Instead, Israel was disobedient. It grumbled in the wilderness, it corrupted, the temple system, they produced Pharisees, and they rejected their Messiah. But Jesus is the true and better Israel. He fulfills where they failed, he's obedient until death, and he's the firstborn from the dead. So, who is Jesus? And this is our answer revealed to us in scripture main truth and our big idea for today. Jesus is the Son of God bringing salvation to those who believe and judgment to those who reject him. Jesus is the Son of God bringing salvation to those who believe and judgment. There are several points of application. We're not done yet. There's several points of application. The first, you can see clearly in the text. Jesus is the light of the world and he says to follow him. So you must follow Jesus. Whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Following Jesus, it means letting him lead. It means forsaking the world. It means taking up your cross. It means trusting him wherever he will take you. And it means loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Follow Jesus. The second application is from our big idea. We saw that as the son of God, Jesus brings salvation to those who believe. So you must believe Jesus. Now, when I say believe, I mean believe everything about him. Believe what he says. Believe the promises of his word. Saturate your lives with scripture. It's truth. Let his words dwell in you richly and allow it to transform your heart. Third application is also from our big idea. Since Jesus is the son of God, he brings judgment to those who reject him. And so therefore, you must embrace Jesus. This is serious. This is serious. Listen to me. Listen. Look at me. 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 Are there areas in your life where you reject Jesus? You, you don't want to listen to him. You want to ignore. more what he has to say, you just kind of push him away from that certain area of your life. You you love the darkness rather than the light of Christ. I want you to watch and be careful where you reject him. Put to death where you deny him and instead accept him with open arms. I'm using the word embrace here purposefully because it it gives this connotation of loving Jesus. Do you love Jesus, your maker, your creator, the one who died for your sins, the one who offers you salvation? Do you love Jesus? Our passage today, it ended with this. And it ends with this, it says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. And at this point in the text, Jesus did not yet go to the cross. Okay? He did not yet reveal his true lifting up on the cross. And when the text says lifted up, it means both physically lifted up, but it also means lift up in glory. There is glory in the death and ultimate resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is the son of God, he died for your sins, and just like how he resurrected on the third day, you will find yourself resurrected with him as well. Living in glory, having eternal life with God in heaven. You only have to trust him. Look to the cross if you want to live. Do you believe this? This is God's promise to you today. For God so loved the world that he sent his own son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but you will have eternal, everlasting life. I've often tried to define myself by what I do, by my accomplishments, by my, shows us something better. If you are believers, it's better. It's far, far better to define myself not by what I do, but by who I am. Instead of defining myself by what I do, it's far better to define myself by who I am. If you are Christians, my brothers and sisters, I want you to to, to just listen, okay? Listen to what God has to say to you. You are the light of the world. You, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father, your Father, who is in heaven. Just as Jesus is the light of the world, his disciples, we reflect and relay his light. We are the light of the world, and we still do good works, but they are not for us to celebrate our own achievements, accomplishments, and accolades. They are for others to see, so that they can give glory to God, our Father who is in heaven. God, our Father, our Father who is in heaven. Just as Jesus is God's Son, we too have become God's Son's and daughters. We are safe and secure on stable, solid ground things that we do come from who we are in Christ and while he might call us and challenge us to do other things, even if we fail, nothing can take away his claim on us. Jesus shows us who we really truly are. In this world, there is light and darkness, there are good works and there are evil works. There is God the Father, and there is Satan the devil. If you are a Christian, if you have looked to the cross, believed, and lived, you have been adopted into God's family. Like Jesus, you too are God's true son and daughter. God is your father, Jesus is your brother, and we are the light of the world. Jesus, Jesus is the son of God, bringing salvation to those who believe and judgment to those who reject him. Have you heard? Do you see? Look to Jesus. He will show you who he is. And he will show you who you really, truly God, you sent your son and showed us who he is. He is the light and lifted up for those you would forgive. If we would believe that he's the way, the truth, the life, may we follow and embrace him and love him, heart and mind. But if the world would blind us, is feeling lost, may we never look away from our Savior on the cross. Holy Spirit, help us now to feel and clearly see that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is all we want and need. In Jesus' name.